0: Welcome, everyone, to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin, and I'm your host. I am back. I was gone for a little bit and going through some things in my head, and I got sick physically, too, so that was fun. But I am back with a awesome episode with Adam Peters. He's a local Quad City legend, I think he's a legend. I think he's pretty awesome. And I got the chance to sit down with him for an hour and a half and chop it up and talk about him. And he is an open book, and we appreciate that here at the Modern Day Overthinker. And I'm really glad that he was able to share what he did with me. He opened up about his recent journey with sobriety. And also talked about his adoption process and how he handled that, being adopted, and finding his biological parents. Also talked about anxiety, therapy, self-care, all the stuff we like to talk about here. So, and also... I had to ask him. He is a director for a non-profit LGBT plus community here in the Quad Cities. So him also being gay, I had to ask him about the coming out story. Had to hear about the coming out story. How that impacted him. He shared that very openly with me as well. And with you. So, without further ado, I will keep this intro short because he does not really need an introduction. This is episode number 79 with Adam Peters. <coughs> podcast my name is colin and i am your host this week's episode is with adam peters adam thank you for joining me tonight appreciate it
1: this is like six months in the making
0: yeah (laughs) that happens that's happened with a lot of guests where we're like uh there's my buddy there's one buddy that i have off the top of my head right now scott Stowe. i don't know if you know who he is but
1: he just played the raccoon motel
0: yeah yeah he's great
1: yeah
0: i've known him for a long time went to high school with him we've had many conversations and just Scheduling and
1: it yeah, happens. And, Life uh,
0: happens. It's annoying. Being an adult's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I appreciate you being here. And before we get started, you're someone like me. That uh, seems like it be a common theme with my guests lately. That you do a lot of different things. A lot of different things. Yeah. So I'd make it. It'll make it a lot easier if you introduce yourself and kind of get people. The cliff notes, I guess, yeah. the rundown of yeah. what you do.
1: So the the cliff notes version is: I'm Adam Peters. I currently am the director of operations at Clock Inc LGBT Plus Community Center, based in Rock Island. Okay, that's my current like full time job. Um, Tell us a
0: little bit about that though. Yeah, little- Um
1: so. Clock Inc. is a community center for LGBTQ people in the Quad Cities and actually beyond. We have people coming from Rockford, Iowa City, Muscatine, Clinton. Uh, We have eight eight different support groups. We've got free and reduced professional counseling, uh, gender-affirming clothing closet, a little library. We have a youth area with all the board games and video games you could dream of. Um, We've got all these different events that we're putting on throughout the year. Uh, Just regular fun events, but also like informational events, educational events. Um, And then, yeah, we're just trying to uh, make sure that the LGBTQ population in the Quad Cities have a safe, affirming space to go. um, Trying to get rid of any feelings of isolation, discrimination, anything like that. Um, This is my first foray in the nonprofit world. And I've worked there for two and a half years and it has been a roller coaster of amazingness is it f-
0: it's fairly new too yeah
1: so it's been around for 5 years only okay. and my thing is i grew up in the quad cities i'm gay um and i never had anything like clock yeah. so to be able to work there now and see what we're doing and see the impact is deeply rewarding like oh, I bet. worth getting up every single day and being like wow i i, I put good things in the world. I do good things. Yeah, yeah. So, purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. It also is really scary, too, because sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, we don't have a lot of money, so hopefully we're going to have enough money to keep the doors open. So yeah, that's scary, but I love it. So that's one component. Um, how I kind of got into that work was through politics. Okay, I've worked on three different campaigns. I worked on uh, Pete Buttigieg, who ran for president in... 2019. He was in the primary Mm -hmm. and up and coming guy, really liked what he uh, stood for. And I worked for him uh, for 10 months, worked in Iowa and California. He got out of the race. And then Mm -hmm. Daddy Joe Biden was (laughs) was the nominee after the pandemic started. And I got back in it with him, worked in Pennsylvania for Biden's campaign. And then I worked for uh, a guy named Admiral Mike Franken. He ran for Senate here in Iowa this oh, last yeah. yep. this last election. We lost, but, you know, yeah.
0: sometimes we have winners, sometimes <laughs> yeah. we have losers. Yeah, it's, it's whatever.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's
0: part of the game.
1: Yeah, so uh, I do politics. Uh,
0: How did you get into the po- political game?
1: Um, honestly, it was kind of the 2016 wake-up call. I have always enjoyed politics, college, like even in high school, I liked following it. Um, But I always was on the sidelines just kind of watching it go by. Iowa, we're the caucus state, so we get all the presidential candidates. um, And I've always followed that. But when 2016 happened, I felt like I didn't do anything about it, didn't like the outcome. So I said, if I got the opportunity, I would try to do more maybe in volunteer capacity but then uh the the presidential primary came around and I started looking at candidates and had kind of narrowed down to three I was either uh gonna be a Warren supporter a Pete supporter I'd previously supported Bernie um but I was just kind of looking for something that could break through here in Iowa because we start everything off Mm -hmm. um and yeah, he, so,
0: had, he had a lot of momentum.
1: Yeah, he did. We we were very we very, very excited to work for him and um yeah, he's got a bright future, so it's it's not the end by any means. But
0: yeah, so I Yeah, I, he's uh, he's what, like forty? Yeah, like, and
1: he's the secretary of transportation. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, he's going places. Yeah, but it. yeah, so I wanted to get involved and uh yeah, I started volunteering and then next thing you know, I'm I applied for the campaign and got a job. And that was that's kind of the story. It just How'd you
0: survive by volunteering? How are you making money?
1: Um, so at that time I was living in Iowa city and okay. I was managing a restaurant full time, okay. but then also uh, doing show choir work, which is the third component yeah. that we haven't talked about. Um, that's us four months of my year, which is a lot of time and a lot of hard work. And I make money doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's how I sustained myself, okay. uh, but I wasn't a volunteer for that long. Like they were hiring people, and I was one of the first people hired in Iowa.
0: Oh, so you only had to do probably like a few. It was weeks like or it was something? like it was
1: like six, seven weeks, okay. and then I was hired. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the early days when I was a volunteer, it was kind of like the West Wing. Like you were with one of two people that were on his campaign and traveling Iowa and finding places where Pete could get a picture eating ice cream. Uh, Yeah, so politics, uh, clock, and then show choir. I've been involved in show choir since I was in high school, Mm -hmm. went to college at Luther College for music, got involved with it that way, uh, directed a group in Muscatine for six years, and kind of figured out that (laughs) the money and time that you get from being a director is not much, and you're putting your life into that hours and hours and hours. And Mm -hmm. um, having success also means that other people kind of want you to work with their group. So Mm -hmm. I kind of started this like freelance thing and it worked out. And every year from starting, like last week I started clinicking groups, um, which I go in, watch their show. And then for the next three or four hours, we just work on singing, dancing, their story, the band, the whole thing. Um, And then January through the end of March, sometimes April, every single weekend, I'm in a different city in the Midwest or California, judging these groups. So those are the three things that keep me busy, which means I never sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up out of the gate was like the, the first thing that you brought up to me when we were talking was like, you recently, and that's something I could talk about forever too, is uh, you recently decided to take the sobriety journey. Well, not recently, within the last year. I mean, that's recent. I mean. It is. Yeah. But uh, depending on where you're at, uh, you know, a a couple days could be a long time. It just depends on where you were at and that, you know, before you decided to get sober. So I always like to hear like what came about or what, Got you to that point where you're like, okay, I need to, this seems appealing, or this seems like a good idea, or stuff stuff's going downhill, what, what kind of led up to it?
1: Yeah, um, well first I want to say, uh, when you originally asked me to come on the show in May, and I was like, yeah, I could do that, I literally dropped the ball on purpose because i felt like coming on this show and being newly sober and like not knowing if i was going to actually like stick with it yeah i was like i don't want to do that so like that's why i put the
0: pressure on yeah yeah yeah. so
1: like that was like a mental thing that i was like yeah Yeah. um so i just want to say that because that's interesting to me now because i'm like completely on the other side yeah you look back on it you're like oh yeah yeah um but uh for me i was never like a heavy drinker um i definitely would go out and have fun with friends i worked at a bar basically my entire 20s uh server manager um and yeah i had my fun weekends but like it wasn't like i was going home and downing bottles like it didn't wasn't a Addicted. But when I started political work, that's when things started to change. That's where the relationship with alcohol started to really change. And the stress, uh, Mm. because uh, when you're working on a presidential campaign and you're working pretty much every day and you're working with a core group of people and you're working 14 hour days with each other. That end of the day, blow off steam is go to the bar, have a few drinks, you know, mm. and that, that ramped up more. And then, you know, if we wouldn't go to the bar, cause we were like dead tired, I would be anxious. I would go home and be like, okay, well, I'm going to have a few drinks cause I need to like Wind down. Wind down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it then, but like I was like starting to use alcohol as the like medicine soothing me, you know. Um, and so that's where it started. The relationship with alcohol changed. And then um, COVID hit. And I feel like there were two things that happened with people either people really like saw this as an opportunity as self-improvement, which like at the beginning, I like saw the the glimmers of like, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get a six pack. But then like you're locked down. And like it was me and a roommate and she was awesome. She's one of my dear friends. But like once it was five o'clock, we would break out the wine. We would start watching Tiger King and we would just get like, Drunk every single Tiger night. COVID for, was... Yeah, that's a different time. Like, yeah, whoa. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. We just got like drunk for six weeks straight. Like, literally, just like sitting in our house hoping we wouldn't die. um But yeah, so like again, like it just kind of started escalating. Saw the progression. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't see it then. Well, not right away. Yeah. 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 But that's now I see it. um yeah. So that changed it, and then.
0: You mainly, you. it sounds like you felt the progression. And yeah. Now you see it. Exactly.
1: Um, after that, I hopped on Biden's campaign. And as much as that was a cool experience, like it was a remote job for the majority of it. Mm. So I was in my kitchen every single day um, working with volunteers from across the United States, thousands of them over Zoom for like 10 hours a day, which... <laughs> people know how maddening being on zoom is like working with strangers. You don't know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. So like there again, I'm, I'm alone. I'm de-stressing with drinking vodka sodas before bed, like drinking three and being like, I'll, I'll just go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and then coming out of COVID, um, wanting to be more social, I had just moved back to Davenport in, actually I'd never lived in Davenport. Um, I've always lived, um, I grew up in Walcott. I had lived in Bettendorf once, but I lived in Iowa city for seven years and LA for one year. Um, so I moved to Davenport to do the remote work on Biden's campaign Mm. and, you know, COVID started letting up. We could go out and be humans again. And I really wanted to experience what the quad cities, uh, had to offer. So I was being very social, going out, meeting people, having drinks with people, um, and getting drunk a lot like just like going out having a blast and it was fun but it also made me into like this anxious just not great functioning human Mm. and that alarm actually started to go off in me like i was just anxious all the time i would be thinking like oh, like, let's get to the end of the day. I'll have a few drinks and be fine. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I was at least not that far gone that I was like, I think I might have a problem. Like, I I think this... And I started actually talking about it because I have people in my family who are... In AA, who mm-hmm. uh, my cousin uh, just uh, did nine years. Yeah. She's been sober for nine years. My aunt went to Al-Anon because of my cousin. Yeah. Like we have we have deep ties to the sober community and AA. Um, yeah. So I kind of knew like, and I had no shame in talking about it too. Like, I would go to my cousin and be like, "Am I an alcoholic?" And she would, you know, she would ask me all these questions, yeah. but then like, be like, only you Exactly. Know. She would ask the, a whole list of questions, but then at the end, like, well, only you know. Yeah. I don't think you are, but like, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's not a great answer. But yeah. You know? I
0: need a for sure thing. Yeah.
1: Like, just tell me. Like, yeah. I'll figure, you know. Yeah, it doesn't but work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So <laughs> that was just like wow. Like it just, it just kept getting louder and louder inside of me. Um, And then, yeah, I just kept going, just kept trying to function. And um, luckily I am like this believer of signs and like the synchronicities that happen in life. And Mm -hmm. there were enough things that happened that like got my attention you know, close calls or just like, you know, almost getting stopped by a cop, like, and being like, whoa, like, I need to slow my roll, like, what's going on? Um, And I started really being open about being sober curious and Mm -hmm. talking to people about it and hearing a lot of good stories, but then also a lot of people being like, it's, you know, it's just a few drinks. Like you can go and have fun and you can moderate and you know, but I'm like in my brain, I'm like, I don't think I can. Like, I also don't remember who I am without this. Yeah. And you don't want to
0: play the game.
1: Exactly. So it was, um, actually have props because I like, again, like again, there's, there's these very, um, there's these very specific signs that happen. So on, um, July, this is, the, okay, so July 5th, I was going on a run, and I, I love running, and running has been, like, therapy to me for the last 10 years, but as I'm drinking, like, running doesn't suffice yeah. anymore, It oh, like, it makes you feel you better. You still would run, yeah. but it just. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't get through the anxiety, like, because I'm drinking enough where, yeah. like, it's. Ruining... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I started a run and I had just had a conversation with someone about possibly thinking about quitting drinking. And uh, I put my music in, start the run. There's this uh, song called Tom Thumb. And one of the lyrics is, I know what you're running from. I know what you're running from. And as those lyrics are about to get sung in my earbuds, I see this shiny coin on the ground on River Drive. And I didn't think about it because I, I don't know, I was running. I didn't want to stop. But then it just was like lightning. I was like, turn around, go see what it is. And as I did, and I Go down to pick it up. The "I know what you're running from. I know what you're running from." lyrics started, and I pick up this coin, and it is an AA chip on the ground. This AA chip.
0: Ah, uh, classic line. The elevator is broken. You have to take. You have to use the steps. This is uh This is yeah. This is one of the. Ne- Unique coins. They don't just give these out to everyone either.
1: This was on the ground, and I was like, oh, this is a sign. Yeah. Like, I need to either get help, stop drinks, try to stop drinking, whatever. So, I basically told this story to some family members to like tell myself, like, if I tell them, like, there's no turning back. Well, the next day, I went to an AA meeting in Davenport because I was like,
0: Yeah, let's see. Just saw a coin. Yeah,
1: the sign is telling me go, go to it. Yeah. And I went to the AA meeting, got the welcome chip. Yep, yep. Next day. And I went to it, and it was a great experience. Heard amazing stories. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm nerdy. Like, when my cousin, we would go to celebrate her anniversaries for hers. I loved going to those meetings. I loved hearing stories. yeah, 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 like, it's just powerful. Like, that community is just so inspirational so like i got that feeling and i was like this is awesome i'm gonna stop drinking literally was drinking 24 hours afterwards like just like going out like oh i'll be fine like it's fine yeah so yeah like and from then on i just started drinking again like my family kind of checked in and they're like did you stop and i'm like well you know i i will eventually i'll be fine like it'll it'll I'll be fine, whatever. Trying to convince myself that I can do it on my own and I don't need to like just stop. Yeah. But as it keeps going, like I am still anxious. Like I had been going to a therapist and that had been working, but when you're drinking and going to therapy, like
0: yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So I went to a wedding in Austin, Texas that December and uh, th- it was a really fun kind of interesting wedding where they did a lot of really thoughtful things, not just with the couple, but like with the con like the people that came and they all had us write intentions for our next year. And I kind of was like stumped. I was like, that's interesting. I don't know what to write. Like, I I don't know what I don't know what my new year is going to be. Weddings are getting crazy. Exactly. I was like, this is too hippie, hippie," (laughs) you know, but I, I just stared at this piece of paper forever and not even thinking. I like I did not intentionally write it, but I just wrote 2023 will be sun and sober. And I was like, okay.
0: Were you drunk at that time? I was
1: drinking <laughs> as I was writing this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like yeah. Yeah. Um and I wasn't drunk, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. buzz going. Um mm. So that was the beginning of December. And again, holidays come around, lots of drinking. Yeah. Um, And then New Year's came around. I was with a lovely group of friends on New Year's. We had drinks. It was great. I wasn't like completely annihilated, but I had enough drinks where I woke up on January 1st and my head hurt Mm -hmm. and it was like this siren was going off in my brain and I literally could hear something someone my brain my consciousness I have no clue literally saying it's now or never like if you don't quit now like you're gonna waste your life Mm. and I stopped drinking
0: on the first the end (laughs) (laughs) yeah on the first oh that's
1: awesome yeah so I'm, shit. yeah i'm coming Man. on but i didn't yeah. know i the night before i didn't think like cheers this is my last yeah, dream yeah i know like that was not in the plan and yeah. i just woke up and i was like it's a new year we're gonna do this and yeah i first three or four months i was like i don't know if this is a forever thing mm-hmm. i told people like i'm gonna quit drinking for a while I told the people in my like immediate life, like my roommate, my best friend, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to try to stop drinking for the entire year. Mm-hmm. I need your support. Like, And they're wonderful. So lovely. Um, but as it kept going, and like even in May, like when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was like-
0: You're oh. still on the fence? Yeah.
1: I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going to happen. But now I'm like-
0: When do you think it got to the point where you're like, okay- this is, I'm over the fence a little bit more.
1: I think it was, um, I had a birthday party. My birthday's in July, but okay. most of the loved ones in my life that I would want at a party, um, they do the show choir thing. So they travel and teach kids how to dance. And that season is starts in June. So I have my birthday party in May, even though my birthday's in July. So I had the birthday party at the end of May, and... Having that loving group of people at the Raccoon Motel, we had a concert, we had a kickball game. It was amazing. Um, and having them like not be sober people, but me be sober the entire time. And I was like, yeah, I can do this forever. And also, I want to do it because like I am a better human without it. Mm-hmm. Then in July, I like started doing yoga and was like, wow, I'm a much better better functioning human being without alcohol in my life so like i just have no intention of ever starting again i i don't want to be that former human and i i I don't think i could continue i I don't think i could moderate so like why even try yeah so that's kind of where i'm at like if i ever like i also have the wisdom enough to like if i ever have a problem like aa is an option I don't go to AA. The last meeting I went to was the failed one in July of last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know it's there and if I ever need it, I'll use it.
0: Yeah. So it's good to have tools. Yeah. And, uh, also knowing, yeah, knowing people in recovery too, that you can talk to is nice. Yeah. People that can relate to it. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about, um, when it comes to drinking, uh, Cause my thing was like the substances that were involved with drinking, so I just stopped drinking because it opened Pandora's box. Okay. Um, so, I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah. So, so I was like, I should just, yeah. Because I tried to convince myself if, if, if it was just alcohol, I'd probably be fine. But I don't even know that anymore. I'm just like, why risk it when yeah. I'm things are so much better without it in my life? Absolutely. And uh, one thing I wanted to. A, I wanted to do a callback, a little comedy term for you. Um, you brought up going to therapy, so as far as the therapy is concerned, how did the um, well, how long have you been going to therapy? Is like an off and on thing, or is it more of a recent thing? Or and you know what kind of brought you to that point?
1: I started therapy after uh, after the Biden campaign ended. Okay, so I worked four and a half months on that campaign. It was one of the most stressful jobs I've ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. The election ended. And then I was just like in my apartment all the time. Cause like COVID was still a thing. Yeah. Um, and I was not happy. Isolating. I was like, this is, it was not good. Like my mental health was poor. Like I was just not happy and i knew i'd been thinking about going to therapy um to talk about stuff and mm. had never done it and i thought it's now or never and we had um health insurance through the end of the year oh, so i started yeah. the process of finding a therapist but i actually didn't finish i just on uh it was <laughs> it was 12 31 2020 And I hopped in my car on New Year's Eve and drove to California because I used to live there. And I was like, I don't want to be in Iowa right now. And I literally drove, (laughs) I'm crazy. I drove 20 hours straight, stopped in west of Denver and got a hotel on New Year's night and Was in the hotel. Uh, It was the last room available. I get to the room. It's dirty. Like, there's a belt. I was like, is somebody in here? (laughs) Like, I called down the front desk. They're like, yeah, we weren't sure if it was dirty or not. But I'm like, "Uh, can I get my money back? They're like, no. I'm like, what the hell? So I slept in my car for an hour and a half and then drove the rest of the way and got to California early the next morning. And I stayed in California for a month with my former roommates. And, like, went running every day. Tried to get my head in the game. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, ultimately, I came back and found a therapist. And started talking. Slash also lying about drinking. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, Like, I, I did some good work. Like, past, like, childhood stuff. But, like, also, I was not being honest with them about, like, the drinking component.
0: So, as far as... uh you brought up childhood stuff so yeah. I had to bring up uh as far as um your journey as in you know coming out and um it was that an early thing for you was it a later thing for you because it's always you know there's always this a different story it seems i
1: like. yeah I've been out almost um half of my life now okay which is crazy to think about in that way so it was early in the sense that I was... 17 okay and um yeah i was closeted in high school i had a secret boyfriend that pretty much everyone knew about but people either respected me were afraid of me or just didn't care enough to like not throw it in my face that they knew yeah yeah. thank you to anyone that was in my high school that didn't
0: where'd you go to high school davenport west oh Yeah. yeah
1: yeah At the time, it was the largest high school in the state, and that is not the case anymore.
0: So. Yeah, it's still large, but yeah. Not very large. It's oh, good.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had 2,400 kids when I went, and there's like twelve or 1,300 now. Wow. Yeah, so Davenport enrollment's like going down. Shout out to the Davenport Community Schools, if yeah. you're listening. Um, People are going to Patentorf. <laughs> <PB. laughs> yeah, PB. PB, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, came out the day, uh, I came out to close friends the summer after I graduated high school mm. and then the day I went to college was like, yeah, college. this is me, me. Yeah. like it or leave it. I didn't come out to my parents right away, waited till Easter, which is a great day to come out because if you're a little bitch like me, uh, not a little bitch, but like if you're like snarky like me, like I really wanted to like, just be like mom, dad. And I I said it then. If Jesus can come back to life, I can too. Like the whole like I'm gay. You went. Except it wasn't like that. I was just like bawling. So. Oh. Yeah. I wanted it to be like that. I was like powerful. Fuck yeah, I'm gay. Performance. No, no, no. It was like I was bawling and sad, and my mom sighed, and my dad was like, "Yeah, I thought you always were." And I'm like, (laughs) "Okay, okay." Yeah, get back in the car, drive four hours back to college, bawling. But Yeah. yeah, um. So that journey has been interesting. My family was not supportive in the beginning. They are now, like even your dad, who knew when I came out. They were, like I said, my mom sighed and was like, "What did we do wrong?" That oh. was a quote. Um, my dad kind of chuckled and said he knew. But then, as much as they're like, "Okay, you're you're still our son. Like it's okay." Yeah, not like. Your son. After that, it was like, okay, this is weird. We don't like it. Mm. Like so, we we had a lot of chill time where we did not talk to each other where it was just like cold. Yeah. Um and I Adjustment. tried Yeah, I tried very hard to get my parents to like change their mind overnight, which is just not a thing. Um time was the healer, thank yeah. God, and seeing society move forward I think helped my parents. Um A lot. Uh, And my sister, too, like when I came out, even before I came out, she was kind of awful and gave me a pamphlet for conversion therapy camp, which I kept because I was like, someday she's going to be okay with this and i'm still going to rub this in her face and yeah, be like you gave me this yeah stupid yeah. anyways which i have uh, because she is completely on the other side now she's very supportive loving yeah, yeah. i have two wonderful nieces like i'm a part of their lives and it's great so yeah that's kind of the coming out process for me like it uh yeah i've i've always been very like open about it and it's interesting now that I work in an LGBTQ center cause I would have never thought I would have been doing that at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And a lot of my own personal, again, back to therapy, like it's not so much the support. My parents didn't kick me out. They, they weren't supportive at first, but they got there. The, yeah. the therapy part that I needed was the internalized homophobia. I,
0: Had church yourself yeah Yeah. like uh before yeah Yeah. so
1: i uh my parents weren't very religious but they knew the right thing to do was take their kids to church well in taking me to church when i was still closeted i like drank the kool-aid and was like god's gonna fix me like i knew i was gay so i was like the perfect little Bible person, just like loving Jesus, praising Jesus, going home and asking my parents if they had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ at the kitchen table. And my mom's like, um, that's a little personal. We're not going to talk about that. So, like, Mm -hmm. I was the one that, like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, you did this to me. Like, this is who I am. And they're like, oh, like, yeah, back off. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so like that, a lot of that was unwrapping that as well. So, it's a journey.
0: Still going to therapy
1: then? Or? I am not as often like yeah. If you kind I of spread yeah it out a like if I need it, like if I feel like I really have got something that I want to talk about, it's so helpful. Um, but yeah, I was going like every other week for a while, mm-hmm.
0: and now it's just when I need it. Yep, yep. I'm yep. on the other every other week path right now myself, and uh, yeah, psychiatrist once a month. Yeah, I uh, like to keep everything in check as much as possible. That's awesome. Um, and then yeah, the recovery and comedy. There's just so, I have so many outlets. The outlets yeah. are very important to me. Yeah, and, and the comedy busy.
1: thing is so interesting to me. Yeah. Just like because like I feel like that is some
0: people's therapy. Oh, like for they sure, absolutely.
1: Use that
0: as where you're just like wow yeah Yeah, dana who has been on the podcast before he uh likes to yell most of his set but he yeah usually yells i do comedy because i can't afford therapy yeah yeah and he's joking but it's true (laughs) like not that he can't afford therapy necessarily but that it's therapy for him yeah yeah absolutely Maybe you can't afford it either I don't know I don't know I yeah
1: I used to <laughs> say running was my therapy yeah. until therapy was
0: my therapy yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. therapy it's a great addition exercise yeah, uh, yeah. for sure because yeah. I was such an anti not an anti I wasn't telling people don't exercise I just was like I'm not gonna do this this uh I was just kind of lazy and I kind of had this mentality um, it actually stems back from when I was younger. I didn't want to work out um, because I was the scrawny kid in high school and I got made fun of when I went to the gym. That was me. So I was like, I hate yeah. I hate this place. Yeah. This sucks. Absolutely. And like, oh, you could barely lift the bar? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: it. I still, I like, I do, I run all the time. I go to yoga now. I love yeah. it. You will never find me in a gym. Yeah. Ever. And like. But you're I'm, still exercising. Yeah. But I like. Yeah. I would like to build some muscle. I would like but I'm like, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care enough, you know? Yeah. Maybe someday.
0: Yeah, maybe someday. I don't know. Yeah. I never thought I'd be it I've actually been doing more cardio than strength training. The other it used to be kind of the other way around. Um but I don't know, I like the mental benefits, I guess, of cardio a little bit more. Yeah. I don't get the ru- I don't get that huge runner's high. I'm still waiting on that to happen. But I also used to do things that were way stronger than a runner's high. So it's yeah, like, uh, yeah. It's
1: like, uh. I don't really know people who get runner's high. I, I don't know. Like I've only had runner's high maybe a handful of times. The first time I finished a marathon, that was exhilarating. Yeah. yeah. I've finished three other marathons, and it did not feel. Like die. It did not feel like the first one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, running has always helped me, but like I said, I started yoga in July and the intention behind breathing with yoga, oh yeah like that has transformed my anxiety even more. Um, you know, stopping drinking, my anxiety went down a ton, continuing running, anxiety is going down. And now like the yoga breathing is like game changer for me. I
0: go to yoga. Try it at least. Just try it. Cause like I've done it and I I would definitely go again. I did hot yoga not so long ago and I don't know about that. So I
1: hot yoga is difficult. I mean, you're sweating. Yeah. Um, and I did hot yoga when I lived in Iowa City. I did a full summer of hot yoga and into the fall. And I remember I was changing in front of a friend, and (laughs) they were like, Adam you look like an emaciated horse. I was like, really? They're like, you've lost so much weight. Cause I was doing hot yoga all the time and I was like addicted to it, but um, I'm doing gentle non hot yoga now. And I never thought I would love it. And I love
0: it. Yeah, So good. How often do it?
1: I would say five, five to six days a week, sometimes two times a day if I can make it work in my schedule. Um, here's another thing what happens when you stop drinking, you realize you actually can wake up in the morning and like not for me it worked that way. Yeah. I don't know. Like and then pairing it with yoga, like I used to never be able to get up before seven a.m., eight a.m. sometimes. Now my body naturally wakes me up at like five thirty and I'm at the six AM yoga class. So like it's crazy. Maybe I bet it's the non-drinking and yoga paired together because yeah. I used to sleep in all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big sleep fan myself. So. I do
1: love sleep, but I'm not getting a lot of it anymore because my body's like, you got enough energy. Yeah. I'm like, great. Cool. Let's go.
0: Are you like a five-hour guy or something like that? Like, What's a five-hour? Like, oh, like sleep for five yeah. hours?
1: Yeah. Honestly, it's starting to become yeah, that. It's yeah. weird. I used to need eight hours minimum. Yeah. And now it's like five, six, maybe.
0: Yeah. 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 Wolf. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the older you get, the less sleep you need. Yeah. And I've,
1: I mean, I hear that. I've I mean, heard my of... parents complain about it. Like, they will go to sleep and wake up like two hours later and like try to sleep the rest of the night. But, my mom gets up at like 3.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. She's old though, so whatever.
0: Yeah. Do you have, oh, yeah. That is one other thing. We're going to be parents. So you were you were adopted. Yeah. So that's another one that I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's another layer layer of the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: hungry. Sorry. Mm, <laughs> yum. Uh, love a Bloomin' Onion yeah. from Outback. Um. Yeah, so I was adopted – I always knew I was adopted. Uh, my parents were both infertile, so they adopted kids. They had my sister. She's two years older than me, and then they adopted me. And from a young age, as early as I can remember, I knew I was adopted, and I knew that someday I would want to find my biological family yeah. just because Mystery. I'm a curious person. Oh yeah. My sister, on the other hand, she wanted nothing to do with it. She didn't want to talk about being adopted. Oh. I mean, there was there was a time I remember. Um, she was in yeah, she was in fourth grade. No, I was in fourth grade. She was in sixth grade. Someone came up to me and said, "I thought you said you were adopted," and I said, "I am." Mm-hmm. Oh well, we just talked to your sister, and she says you're not. And I remember marching home from school that day, went straight to her room, which. That was not okay. And I waited for her. She opened her door, came in. What are you doing in my room? I said, you can lie about your life, but you can't lie about my life. And that was the last time we ever talked about adoption when we were kids. Like, she just wasn't about it. And I was like, this is part of my story. It's cool. I like it. Um, So, yeah. Eventually, I um, turned 18 and... With the laws that I had known, mm-hmm. uh, 18 was like the magic year. You could find your biological family. It was like legal to do so. Yeah. Started the process, got halfway through, and they're like, actually, the law in Illinois changed. It's for closed adoptions, it's now 21. And I was like, well, damn, that sucks. And my parents were moderately supportive. They had always told me my entire life that they would help me if I ever wanted to do it. When it came to that time, they did get a little weird about it. Yeah. Rightfully so. Absolutely. Like, and we talked about it. We talked through it. And my mom was just like, I don't want us to get replaced. I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's not about that. No. You are my parents. You yeah. raised me. Like, yeah, yeah. do not worry about that. It is my curiosity. It is health information. It is just understanding where I came from. Yeah. So my mom actually, uh, to her credit, was like, Well, I know they've told you you have to wait a few more years, but I'm pretty sure we have paperwork that they messed up. And I was like, What does that mean? She's like, I think if we go to our safety deposit box at the bank, we have this paperwork. You can check it out and see what you can get from it. This was the age of Facebook starting to be a thing, like Mm -hmm. with adults. And uh, so, yeah, we went to get this paperwork and. She was right. There was all of these things on the sheet that should not have been there. And they were all whited out. And Mm. all I did was hold it up to light. And I saw my biological mother's name. And I searched it on Facebook and found her right away. And it wasn't like Jane Smith? Yeah. No, it wasn't like Jane Smith. That's good. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So found her on Facebook, sent her a message, was like, uh what were you doing on July 11th, 1988? Because I'm pretty sure I'm your son, like you had me. Um, and I got a message back right away, yep. And uh, yeah, sh- I grew up <laughs> 15 minutes away from these people my entire life and I n- never knew they were that close. Um, they, The agency actually told my parents, which was a lie, that um, I was adopted into the Cedar Rapids area, but... Uh, my uh, biological family lives in Milan in Rock Island. And I grew up in Walcott, went to high school in Davenport. So I've met them all.
0: You got the questions answered?
1: Got all the questions answered. They're, most of them are a part of my life. Uh, unfortunately, my biological mother and I don't have a... We have not spoken in eight years. Um, there is some drama Life okay. happens. There's family drama, but I did get to know my biological father. They didn't stay together, so they were separate entities, really. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually just passed away this past January. Uh, yeah, uh, he saw me five days sober, so that's that's all that. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. Um, was he an older guy or? No, he was young. He actually died of aggressive cancer. Ooh. Real aggressive cancer. So much so that um, he went for a cancer checkup on sept- in September to Iowa City. And the spots on his kidneys and things, they mm-hmm. were seemed to be fine. They weren't growing. They were fine. And by the time we went back to his next checkup in December, he had a watermelon-sized tumor inside of him. And he died three weeks later. So it was quick yeah it was real quick um so yeah met them all my his sister my aunt d she's the most amazing human on the planet earth mm-hmm. my grandparents are still alive just saw them today like visiting checking in with them um yeah it's been a crazy fun awesome experience just to like and even s- after that your sister's just like nope yeah oh we still like she is never Address the fact that I found my biological family. She refers to these people like Oh, like you went to D's house today. Great. Like, but like there's never been a conversation surrounding like when I found them, like what that was like.
0: I would be just like you though, man. I would
1: I would have been on the hunt. Yeah. It's fascinating answers. But there is, I mean, we're all different. People have different emotions around. I'm not giving her shit. I'm just like, I don't get it. Exactly. I don't get it at all. Some people feel like they're abandoned and i'm like well i was i was i got a second shot like yeah i don't know that's how i view it but i'm proud of it
0: yeah yeah they maybe just weren't ready or
1: i mean yeah that's sort of it but not really they were both 23 so uh yeah again i haven't talked to my biological mother in Mm -hmm. eight years if you can kind of piece the puzzle pieces together yeah. with this one. I'm pretty sure she's not gonna be watching this podcast. So Yeah. Yeah. If you are, hey, <laughs> sorry,
0: <laughs> it's just the truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh so that's yeah, that is wild because um yeah, I've never heard a an adoption story like that where somebody actually went through and got all the got the answers and found that. And that's crazy like you just held up the paper and you're like, okay. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like a situation where it was like a tough name to find either, it sounds like. Crazier so
1: that um, none of their family knew that I existed. So oh, was she a... was pregnant okay. and she was a little bit overweight. So for the majority so of the pregnancy, out. it was hidden well. And then when she started showing, she kind of left the area. Mm. Um, and then my biological father and her did not stay together. Mm. Um, so when I found her, uh, one of her first questions was like, are you interested in meeting your biological father? And I said, well, I am, but if he doesn't want to meet me, yeah, I, don't want I don't want to like shake anything up. And she actually talked to him and he said, let's just let sleeping dogs lie. Um, and I was like, fine, cool. He doesn't want to meet me totally fine with that, but We live in the Quad Cities. Everyone's in the Quad Cities. And when someone starts bringing their son around that they haven't ever had before and introducing them. So my biological mother, when we were friendly with each other, Mm. um, I was meeting a lot of her friends, family. Well, word spread. And like the calculations, the like, oh, well, who's your biological father? And I would say, I mean, you know, I'm not going to have a relationship with them, but that's the person. And eventually my cousin, uh, my biological father's niece, she was a 17 year old in high school and she messaged me on Facebook and she goes, uh, so we heard a rumor that my uncle is your dad. Is that true? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, we want to meet you right now. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, you need to talk to him. Cause like, I'm not yeah. screwing anything up. But once the secret was out, he was like, oh, yeah, let's meet him. So I met him uh, three days after that uh, message from my cousin, Kayla. And they're like my best family ever. Like they're just the coolest people. And Kayla has been an AA and she's an amazing force of positivity. And, yeah, she's the greatest. So
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really cool story, man. I'm glad you were able to share that with me. Yeah. And the, and the audience and maybe maybe she will see this who knows hey i hope ra- you're doing I, I well listeners yeah you know, I know. yeah um, um yeah. yeah and the fact that they were so close the whole time it's wild know.
1: to me because i just think like what if we like ran into them somewhere and we just had you no could've. clue yeah easily yeah she actually knew what I looked like because a part of, the again, adoption things back then were weird. Like this was supposed to be a closed adoption, but somehow they my mom, she complains about it. They conned me into sending a picture of you until, you, it was supposed to be until I was 18, one picture a year just to give to my biological mother to be like, he's doing okay. Um, but my mom stopped doing it. Like when I got to high school, she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, so, she, my biological mother knew kind of what I looked like, mm. but yeah. So,
0: for a close adoption, you think there would be no pictures? It was all screwed up. Yeah. Just completely screwed up.
1: I just realized how close, close I was sitting to the microphone. Yeah, you're
0: good. Close means closed. Like, that's what that. I thought. Yeah. But, really yeah. not. Yeah. Well, it looks like, I mean, you talked a little bit about it already with your um, self care, you're doing things like, you know, the yoga and therapy when you need it and also obviously self-care not drinking is a huge self-care thing is there anything else that you've uh that you've implemented or noticed or built into your routine that's been beneficial for you to kind of stay on on point because you you know you're a busy guy you got responsibilities you got to kind of keep going you got stuff to do it's people people count on you for things so yeah
1: um, so I know this might sound like kind of woo woo or just like cliche, but having a gratefulness practice has actively been also life changing because I am a born pessimist and can see where everything is against me and, mm. or I used to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but in the last few years I have Actively, well, I started with journaling, okay. but I literally cannot for my life keep doing that because, like, I just am like, I'll do it and then I'll set it down, and oh, two weeks later, I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. So what I started doing um, after trying to keep a gratefulness jour- journal, where you write three things a day of things that you're grateful for, which again sounds woo-woo and weird, but um, to make it more practical for me, I get in my car every single day like I'm going somewhere every single day. So when I get in a car, the first thing I do when I start driving is I literally say, I start talking out loud. Mm-hmm. I probably look like a crazy person, but no one's going to know because you could be talking Bluetooth, on the phone. Baby. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I just start saying what I'm grateful for. And at first, saying three things, it was hard. Like, yeah. I don't know, sometimes I would be like, I'm grateful for the sun. Okay. Yeah. This is let's get this over with. I'm grateful for my car started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm grateful for I'm alive. Great. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. But like now I've done it so much that like I'll say seven things. Like I sometimes am like, I'll start like getting happy thinking about the things I'm talking about. So like mm. that has been transformative. Cause like I said, I used to be a pessimist and now I'm not as pessimistic. And I, you know, I have seen the benefits of doing that, um, in everything. It has changed the way I look at situations. It's changed the way that I am at the community center. Like you deal with the public every day, Mm -hmm. like everything I do deals with the public. Um, and I used to be a little King If that's the, I'll use that word to say, like I, you know, and it's made me softer and more understanding and, that's, like, one huge thing besides yoga and running and, you know, not drinking. Um, but, yeah,
0: that's, that's nice. List. You're not – I mean, that doesn't sound that strange to me. You know how many times I've been told that by people to, yeah. do, to try that? And,
1: like, the so act of times. saying it out loud I feel like is so much more powerful than writing it down. Yeah. At least for me, just, like, saying it. I am grateful for the sun. I am grateful for the shoes I'm wearing, like, you know? I'm grateful for my aunt. I'm grateful for my journey. I'm grateful for this podcast, this opportunity to talk to whoever is watching, whoever, yeah. you know, like hopefully you've gotten some kernel of something out of the garbage can of whatever I've just spewed. Cause I've just been
0: chirping yeah. like a bird. And I need to do the gratitude list. Cause that was pretty pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it still comes out. Yeah. It's still it there. does. Yeah. You got it. It's like retraining your brain.
1: Yeah. Um, and when you, you know, I I like to think of my 20s as just, like, this entire, like, trying to figure out who I was. Mm. And now my 30s is just, like, crafting who that is to be the best version of myself. It's like, we only get one go around at this, unless you believe that.
0: Re- reincarnation. Reincarnation,
1: yeah. which is a thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, we get this one shot at this life. Yeah. And I would rather just do the best that I can to like provide positivity, love in this really difficult world. Um, cause it is a difficult world. Yeah. Yeah. And I can understand why people will want to self medicate and do that stuff. But it's like, you don't have to do that. You can find a better way.
0: Yeah. There are there, good outlets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's people, people willing to help you get there. And I had so many people.
0: Yeah. Cause for the longest time I didn't, think i had people like everyone i surrounded myself by with with was drinking or yeah. using or whatever yeah so it was like this is what you do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah and then you're like once you're away from that you're like oh there's like this whole other like community of people mm-hmm. that i thought were weirdos or didn't really exist that are actually like functioning members of society yeah. and doing like Progressively trying to be a better person. The two things, and not just kind of coasting.
1: Yeah, the two things that I were was worried about before not before stopping drinking was, am I going to be boring? Mm. And what are other people going to think? Yeah. And once I got those two things answered and out of the way, it's it's gravy. Like it's just like okay, this is what I want to do, and this is what I want to be.
0: So some people actually have. that don't know me very well uh that just know me from like either doing stand-up or mainly people from doing stand-up they think that uh, they think that I'm boring which is funny to me which is hilarious because like um if you would have met me you know a while back yeah sure I was like sometimes the life of the party because I was you know up and doing whatever yeah but it's just like it's, i'm not that i'm a totally different person but i'm still like rebuilding who i was cuz i was damaging my life for so long i'm like still building back yeah and evolving and trying to i kind of know the person i want to be but i'm still developing that person yeah but yeah like you were talking about your 20s like my whole 20s was just a Blair. shit show <laughs> yeah um and then well, not my whole 20s and 27 was when I decided to get clean and I was like, okay. And it's just kind of been an adjustment period ever since.
1: Well, and to some people, what I do, my life is boring to them, which I mean, cool if that's, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. but to me, it's like, this is a functional life and like the emotional immaturity that was paired with me drinking and you know going out and having a blast and maybe being the life of the party but also saying something that I regretted uh feeling like crap the next day but that extending into my anxiety for days after like it's just not worth it and do you if, think
0: some people are I didn't mean to interrupt you, no sorry. it's all right do you think some people are intimidated by people that have uh kind of figured it out a little bit more
1: So I've actually been feeling it a little bit lately where like I've been so blessed in my life with really good friends that are not like that. But like there are those like friends that are your acquaintance friends maybe Yeah, that like I've seen there is like a coldness to if I talk about it or like where I'm like, oh, they either want what I have or like they're just like. Okay, this is like weird. Weird too much, yeah. like that sort of thing. Um and I never want to come off like obviously I'm on this podcast and I'm talking about all this stuff, but like I don't ever want to go around and be the guy that like, "Oh, Adam's sober and like he'll talk about his journey." Like, yeah, I'll talk about it, but like it's not for everybody. Like not everyone needs to be sober. No. Like people are <laughs> Not that we're crazy, but, like, there are sane people that can go and have a drink and be fine and go home and not have anxiety and live a great life. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. It's not me. Um, I can't function with it. So. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So th- there is a little bit of that. And.
0: Yeah. Because you know, I feel it, too. It's not. Yeah. It's not necessarily my close friends because I have a lot of close friends. Most of the close friends that I have now don't drink either. So. Yeah.
1: But, again, that's like. I feel like that's a person that may feel that way, have other unresolved issues that yeah. they've got to work on. Like, there's a lot
0: of empathy. You have to have a lot of empathy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I can understand it, but it's also like start the journey somewhere,
0: you know? Yeah. And yeah, there's no like, I don't have a lot of bad blood with people or anything like that. Like I've kind of gotten over that. Like, cause I, I've worked steps. I've done the whole, the program and, Still in the program. I'm going to do the steps again because you don't just do them once. FYI. The steps blow <laughs> my mind. Yeah.
1: Like the constant, like my cousin, I mean she's always doing her steps and I'm just like, wow. To be able to, like the people that are in AA are the strongest people I know because like what, uh,
0: yeah, just doing all the steps. I don't even know all the steps. But yeah, my biggest thing with, uh, yeah, with recovery is the community. If you're not if you're just going to meetings and you're not um, really hanging out with anybody, not really talking to anyone and you might share every once in a while or whatever, but you just kind of go and then you just, and then you treat it like church, kind of like some people treat church. They just go to church on Sunday. They don't really talk to anybody. They just leave. Some people are more involved in church, obviously, but uh, if you're not really like in the fold of things, you're going to eventually, just be like, oh, this doesn't work, or it's, you'll eventually kind of be like, oh, I, I was going to two meetings a week, I'm just going to go to one, and then that one's like once every couple of weeks, and then you just kind of stop, and I've seen it happen so many different times, and because um, the meetings are only part of it, like the steps are the, obviously the reason of the program, and um, also just the fellowship, you'll hear the word fellowship a lot, and having that fellowship like i have some of the best friends that i've ever had because of recovery well
1: and that's what i heard at that meeting over and over is like if you're going to do this you have to give yourself over fully to this to have it work like if you don't like it's not
0: going to work for you no
1: um and then on the fellowship front like my cousin who is in aa um she's in the young people's group too and she's been she started the one in iowa city like um, so like she's found some incredible people across the nation because oh, yeah. of this and her leadership in this group. And I mean, if you would have asked her ten years ago if you would be leading a group like this, she'd be like, uh, "Absolutely not." Same. Yeah. So um, the benefits are there. The help is there. The people are incredible. The coffee
0: is strong. Coffee's always strong. Yeah. If it's not, you might want to go to a different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had my uh buddy make the coffee the other day, and he never makes it. And I was like, he's like, what do I do? I like, just just put more than one scoop in it, basically. I was like, just, you, you'll figure it out. Just don't make it not strong enough. Yeah. That's, there's going to be riots. You'll, huh? you'll hear about <laughs> it. Well, it used to be like, yeah, coffee and then cigarettes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They used to chain smoke in the... I used to sing in a choir in Iowa City that met at the same time that the area AA group did and we would be on a water break and we would see all of these people walk past and someone, I think I, the first time I experienced it, I said, you know, is the meeting done? And they're like, oh no, no, no. They're all going to smoke. I was like, "Yeah, that's like all of the
0: people. Yeah, some of the meetings (laughs) have a smoke break. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one thing, like a lot of, especially drinkers, especially if you're main thing was drinking, not always, but a lot of, a lot of nicotine addiction there. And that's when you're coming off of everything else that you're trying to come off of, that's like the hardest thing yeah. to to do at the same time, because you're just going to feel like garbage. Yeah. And it's just a scary thing to get off Nic- nicotine's so bad. I am so glad I never really, it was never really my thing. Yeah.
1: I've always, have always feel, been
0: mainly like made me feel like shit most of the time. Yeah, and I'm glad
1: my friend had me do chew once and I threw up. Oh yeah, so, first
0: yeah. time I chewed, I threw yeah. up too.
1: It was he was like, "Are you okay? You your your face is green right now." I'm like, "No, I'm gonna puke my guts out."
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I was riding around with a friend and he drove like a maniac anyway. So it was oh. and I chew and I chewed for the first time. So I was bound to throw up. Gross. Yeah. I yeah, I don't get it. And now there's like the nicotine pouches and stuff like that. And like And vaping, we don't even know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm glad I I've avoided the vape train because yeah. I'm just worried about like the bubble lung or popcorn lung yeah. or whatever. And like we don't know. We don't know it's what so this new. is gonna do. And uh, but you know <laughs> make wise choices. I you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like I guess it might be better than nicotine. I, well,
0: We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We do not know. I mean, there is nicotine in it. Yeah. That's the thing. But is it better than smoking? I think so. But is it still bad? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a damn mystery. We're going to find out in probably the next five to ten years how bad it really is. Because yeah. there's okay. so many people that, oh, man, they're just always constantly reaching for their vape
1: everywhere you go well and at yeah. first like when they started coming out in those boxes like you know, i had no clue. yeah i was like what the hell are these What's things going on and now i see them everywhere so i'm like okay
0: yeah and now they're more like you can easily put them in your pockets not a huge like some people still have those but which is insane to me cool. um but yeah yeah. Like, what are you looking forward to in 2024? 2024. Um I would say my career path is kind of adjusting. Um I'm working on uh building my own business right now. Just doing social media marketing. That's awesome. Management and uh a little bit of website stuff here and there. I have some background with that. So I've been helping people with what rebuild their websites. Um, I went to school for marketing, I'm a big internet nerd. So it just makes sense. Um, I've been doing that on the side, but also like, been kind of working my way up with my nine to five. I do employee benefits, um, working the customer service call center side of things, which is weird doing from home now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so career growth, uh, but also I want to take the, the podcast to another level. Um, I eventually want to get a little bit better video set up where like it kind of, sw- well, I'd have to have somebody running it. Though. That's the problem. Yeah. You have to have somebody like everybody has like, um, their guy or whatever. Um, and, uh. It's really not hard to do, though. It's just like a tablet. You just switch the cameras back and forth of who's yeah. talking. Shane um,
1: has that set up, I feel like. Maybe?
0: I don't know if he does or not. Yeah. We need to call out Shane. He hasn't recorded a podcast. In- he poked me
1: on facebook yesterday that's hilarious. and i was like what is this 2007 what so i poked him back and then like a half an hour later he poked me and i was like okay i've had enough poking right now yeah but i was so it was so good to be poked by him yeah. i love him and i hope you as well i haven't seen him in a while yeah so, yeah. yeah
0: he got a different job he's working yep. a lot mm-hmm. but yeah 2024 i want to focus more on um some self-care stuff because uh I want to do more, um, whether it's yoga or meditating, more breathing uh, exercises because those those definitely help me and I've done them. I just need to be more consistent about it. Yeah. Um, keeping up with the therapy and staying in therapy. Um, and then just also continuing to get out of my comfort zone. That's where comedy came into play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really helped me and, um, I'm doing more shows, um, that I'm, I like hosting shows now. Um, so I'm doing like an open mic that I'm hosting. Um, I've had people reach a couple of different places, reach out to me about running them and it's just kind of been opening the door and I have a good time with it. It gets me out of the house, it gets That's me awesome. doing something, um, And, uh, yeah, there's that. And then continuing to keep up with the, uh, the gym routine. I kind of switch it up, but just doing something, um, I would like to get into more of a daily exercise routine of some sort, whether it's, it doesn't have to be me going hard every day, but you know, something. Yeah. During the summer, I was doing a lot of walk. I would just go for, like, if I didn't do anything, I would just at least go for a walk around my neighborhood, you know, something. Yeah. Um, One, to get a house. Two, just to move. Moving is very important. It is yeah. really <laughs> important. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so easy for me, like, working from home. I Like, everybody's, like, super jealous of me working from home. And I get that, and I try to be grateful that, for that. But, but at the same time, yeah. it's like. It could get pretty, pretty lonely and yeah. also just very isolating. Absolutely, at the same time. Yeah. Been so there, done that. I have to watch for Oof. that. So um, I've honestly thought about doing like a uh, finding like a co working space I can work out of. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, um, to work on you know whether it's just my side business or nine to five or whatever, I'd have to talk to my company about security stuff because I deal with benefits. So
1: gotcha. Um, yeah.
0: But I want to at least have a place where I can go um, to get out of the house to work, whether if it's my side work or regular job. Um, yeah, staying busy but also not overwhelming myself and finding a balance. I, I talked a lot about balance today, and there I had therapy earlier today, so we talked about balance and fi- and not overextending myself and burning myself out because I do it all the time. Wow,
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like I i very similar in that sense where yeah. like I either want to go hard or like, then you're like, I don't want to do this at all.
0: Yeah. I just don't want um, Yeah, I just want to like disappear for like a week. Yeah. And Not talk to anyone.
1: <laughs> uh, sometimes that's, especially in like the public facing yeah. stuff that I do. Like there's times when I get home and I just hit that bed and it's not even like tired. It's just like, I don't want to talk to anybody, but yeah, like there is, you know, ways of dealing with that and yeah usually when that happens I'm not doing something in the self care yeah exactly itinerary
0: that I do yeah where you're just always working and you're not doing anything else and yeah Yeah. because yeah it can be an escape too. like to we talking about earlier running running from your problems yeah what are you running from and yeah it's really easy to get caught up in in work, especially if you have a lot of different things going on.
1: Yeah.
0: And that, that's kinda what happened to me recently. I recently just had a burnout where I hit a wall and I was just like, Oh shit. I talked about that like that today and my luckily I had people in my life that point one of my cousin pointed it out and he's like, Hey um yeah, you seem like you've been doing a lot lately. Um so I can understand why you kinda hit this wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have other people that I mean, I can only have so much self awareness. I gotta have people that are that are paying attention <laughs> and that'll call me out on my shit too. Yeah. and I, I've friends that don't sugarcoat either. They're just like, "Hey, you're fucking up."
1: Those are the best friends, uh, uh, the yeah. ones that just tell you like it is.
0: Uh, yeah, just like this. Give is... me a million of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I used to not, I didn't have that people like that in my life for a long time. Or if they were telling me something, I was, it wasn't processing. Yeah, or yeah. I would make a joke out of it. Or yeah.
1: yeah, find the people that will tell you that you have spinach in your teeth and that you have a booger up your nose exactly. that's sticking out like. My mom is so good, are good at the that. people. I am always that person for anyone. Uh, yeah. I don't even have to know you. I will make sure you're you're in check. You're looking good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's been times where I've gotten home and I'm like, my hair was like all messed up, but I'm just like, nobody. Yeah, no one told you. What?
1: Yeah, no.
0: gotta find the good people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we better get wrapped up here. I always try to wrap up, and uh, like 20 minutes later, I actually wrap up. <sighs> well, I asked the question, the last question, so that was my fault. So. No, you're good. You're good. Right, there's a, a couple things I need to chop out of there anyway. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, really good having you on. It's a good, good to be back because um, I took a, I had to take a little break there because yeah, I got I didn't didn't have COVID, didn't have strep, didn't have the flu. But they're like, you have something. Here's some steroids. I'm like, sweet. So now I got to go to the gym. Once. There's some just, kind <laughs> of gunk going oh, around. It's just, like
1: it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it lingering for a co- like a couple weeks, and then like Friday, I felt like. Complete garbage. Well, I like just got a fever, and I, I thought I was getting better. And then, like, as long as you're not um, fever, as long as you're fever free for twenty four hours, and start taking these, you're good. And I haven't. I've been good. it just kind of like
1: restarting. Yeah. the whole like. Uh, and it, me- it
0: like- messed up my. It's just my anxiety. Like I got like fever rain. My head was all. I was like, what is going on? And I think that it was a little bit of burnout too. It's, yeah. a, it's just a combination of things that all happen. Everything seems to happen at once. Uh when it when it rains and sh- pours. When, yeah. When it rains it pours and shit hits the fan. It does. That's what
1: happened. Yeah. Cleaning that up is not fun.
0: No, not at all. That's why the fan's off. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, it's been good having you on, man. I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. Me too. Continue with the uh with the journey. It's uh it, it only gets better. I'd say. I tell people that all the time. There's times where it does suck, um, but that's how life goes. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things. It's like, But you get to experience it, and you get to feel it, and then you can remember like, when you are having good times, you're like, oh, man. Remember when I thought that I was going to be stuck this way?
1: Yeah. Well, I used to hear people say, I wish I would have done this sooner. And I used to think, God, they're such an idiot. Like, yeah. what? And now I say to myself all the time, I wish I would have done this.
0: Sooner. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's almost like I wish I would have, because when I before I started drinking in high school, before I went into high school, I was like, I'm not gonna drink. I see, like I had an older brother, he didn't have a problem, but some of his friends were annoying. And I was just like, I don't want to be that guy. And then, yeah, and I was like, my friends are doing it, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Seems fun. Yeah, I'm Catholic. <laughs> <I gotta> drink. <laughs> drink. i'm good to go Dr- drinking's fine yeah 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 uh well yeah better get wrapped up it's getting getting late and you get up early here i do good. i
1: actually am leaving tomorrow for missouri at 4 45 a.m
0: Ooh, what are you doing in missouri
1: uh i have three Show choir? yeah three high schools i'm working with thursday friday saturday um so yeah it'll be fun
0: so you just work off referrals basically now?
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially I, I judge the competitions and I'm in front of kids there at critique judging and then the people are like, oh, you are you know what you're talking about. Let's have you come next year. And so, yeah, I've, I work in like 15, 16 different states and different groups every year. Most of the same competitions I judge every year. It's great. I love it. It fills my cup, makes me really tired by the end of it. I'm done with traveling, but... Then I'm back in the Quad Cities for spring. I miss winter. There we go.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Fuck the snow. Oh yeah, I agree. Well, one last thing I'm gonna ask you before we close okay. is, uh, I've been trying to like end things on a good, positive note, and uh, if there's somebody listening or watching um, that's struggling right now, what would you what would you say to them? Like, if you were like If they were a friend or no stranger, um, somebody that's listening and uh, that just wants to, they want to keep going but they don't really know what to do. They're kind of stuck.
1: So I guess I have two things. It's a loaded one. Yeah, it's hard because you know I don't know what the circumstances for everyone is, and not everyone has that one supportive person in their life. Like I said, I've been blessed with so many supportive people Mm -hmm. where I always knew where I could turn for help or just like people to listen. So like I would say, turn to your best friend, turn to the person that you trust the most and start talking to them and having the conversation because without talking about it, things will not get better. Um, And then if you don't have that person, I mean, there's so many resources to reach out to. So if you're an alcoholic, like AA, like just, Go, like go to a meeting. If Mm. it's, you know, you're having uh, self-harm thoughts, you know, uh, 988 is a thing now you can call. I mean, reach out.
0: You can text 988
1: too. Yeah, yeah. Like reach out to someone, anyone, someone is going to care and someone is going to show up for you. Um, But most people do have that one or two people in their life that they can go to, but they might be afraid to. So just reach out.
0: Yeah, open up. They'll be glad to hear from you. Yeah. Whether it's somebody that you're really close to or somebody on the other side of that hotline. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. That's a good way to end it. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Colin, and this has been Adam Peters, and uh, it's been a great episode. Take care, everyone. Peace out.